Greetings, friends. Welcome to Simcast episode 20. Today I have Casino and Night Scream. Welcome to both of you. How's it going? Also, you can tell which one's Night Scream because she's a little the little purple bat down there in the center. I know it's hard to believe. It's not moving, but that's actually her in her life. It's a little, <laughs> a little ironic. It probably doesn't make sense to some people. One day, perhaps it will. Stick around. Wait for a while. So we were actually just talking a little bit today about some of the my.com, I call it the my.com fiasco. There's been a lot of, a lot of debating and conversation about, uh, just the fact that Ashes is going to be using them, I believe as a publisher to handle the accounts in the EU. And I believe also what Oceanic and some of the other areas that they might be in. Um, so we were just talking about some of the kind of pros and cons and ways that we, we saw that that could be a, a potential issue in some ways that we were also thinking that, you know, there's still a lot of, a lot of wiggle room and, and adjustments that the studio itself can make to mitigate any of the concerns people have. I know that they're, they're really trying to ashes and intrepid studios is really trying to maintain a, a large base of control over the way that the game is run and operated um, even over there. And I know that, and I, I know that I probably am a little ill-prepared at this point in time, but that's just fine. I'm sure somebody uh, will probably leave a comment to help better inform me, or by that time I'll have read it. But I believe that My.com was preparing some sort of a statement, and this was probably yesterday, which today being Sunday, um, that would have been Saturday, I believe I'd read uh, something about that they were preparing a statement. I don't know if it's been released yet. Um, you know, I, I Maybe it has, but it was something to the effect of the concerns that people were having. So uh, we got Casino and then Night Scream kind of myself in that order here, which is pretty good order to kind of have a roundtable discussion today. But what were some of the, the things we were talking about? Casino, I know it kind of cut you off before I got to starting today. Oh, no, no problem. I mean, you're saying, well, if we're going to have this discussion, yeah, let's, let's do add it, it on the cast. Yeah. So, um, just to recap, because uh, I had no idea what was going on with the my.com uh i was actually talking to couch nerd from the most recent podcast and this was the summary he gave me i don't know how accurate this is but given that i've seen so much uh outrage in response to this decision i have to assume that it's fairly accurate his summary was uh, and again these are his opinions i'm i'm just telling you what was relayed to right. me uh, he said they are the worst MMO publisher in EU for MMOs. They're known for server instability, account thefts, data leaks, so many security issues. They have a questionable customer management system regarding like bans and unresolved tickets and stuff. They're known for publishing pay to win and cash grabbing games and have a portfolio of dead MMO games. So just kind of touching on all that from the top down. Uh, the first thing is, uh, assuming that this is the tragedy that everyone's expecting it to be, it's restricted to EU, which is not like a small market base by any means, but considering they're based in the US, and uh, what was the, the other big area? Was it Russia? Man, I wish I could be, I, honestly, I, I'm not sure exactly what the domains were, but I know EU is the primary one. Um, you're on it. Right, but, so there was, uh, hold on, I bet I can just find it here, but and I think they, they're looking at a few... Um, Big issues, or was it Asia? Uh -huh. I have to check. But anyway, they, they had Maybe some other oceanic. Ah, uh, yeah, I think it's oceanic too. Who was what? Well, so oh, so, so I would cover Australia. Oh, yeah. in Europe and CIS will work together with my.com and mail.ru. 
there is mail are you yeah so we don't know how much is going to be my.com and how much is mail.ru right uh and i will say as an american same company is it yes my.com owns them ah okay gotcha interesting um so well okay so that detracts from that a little bit but so let's assume that this is a a complete and total tragedy in europe yeah uh i trust that they are keeping an eye on these things and uh so i have to assume that if they notice things starting to go sour that they would switch it up like i've i've pretty much supported every development decision they've made thus far and they're not you know they they don't have a trend of making Mm -hmm. bad decisions so I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that they know something that we don't. But if uh, it starts going south, they're obviously incredibly passionate about the game. I have to assume that they would intervene. And I don't know how many of these things are actually going to end up being impactful. Uh, firstly, there's no region locking. So anyone who has a, an unpleasant experience on the EU servers can play on NA. Nope. Obviously, they would have higher ping. But uh, you know, if they notice, like, well, a lot of our European players are playing on NA, like we need to switch something up so being known for the server instability like if they're you know i I would imagine that part of the agreement would be like you have to use these servers you know i don't think they would be like oh yeah use whatever servers you want you know or or if they are allowing them to use whatever servers they want and those servers aren't getting the job done i'm sure they would hold them accountable the account thefts and the data leaks uh that's that's its own thing but they have been saying that they're taking security very seriously in other aspects of the game. So, uh, again, you know, I don't know what they're contributing there, but it doesn't seem like they would just, you know, be like, ah, whatever. You know, it's it's just account info. Who really cares? Like, I'm right. sure they're taking it very seriously. Um, the customer management system with the bans and the unresolved tickets, I don't know how much of that they'll actually handle. Uh, you know, they might, like, specifically for, like, the login portal stuff, but for in-game issues, that might be... Uh, intrepid overseas people um and then like being known for publishing pay to win and cash grabbing games that's totally irrelevant because ashes has said they are absolutely dedicated to no pay to win no cash grabbing so they can't overstep their bounds there at all and it might also help that ash is going to be a subscription-based model Mm -hmm. only Mm -hmm. yep not even a box cost so yep i agree with that too you know, it remains to be seen, and then I'm also a big, uh, a big proponent of it's never too late to turn it around. I've seen plenty of companies going down a disastrous path, and then you know who knows what happens in boardroom meetings and stuff. Someone gets fired, new board members are appointed, and and they're like, "We're we're cleaning up our image, we're turning this around, we're doing what needs to be done." So you know, who knows? Maybe they're they're over there saying, "Look, this is our opportunity to establish ourselves with a good name." Let's put 110% effort into this or who knows, but, uh, you know, hopefully it, you know, let, let's reserve judgment until we see what actually yes. happens. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that's why, that's why I think too. It's like, unless you have evidence from intrepid side to, to be upset, like don't, don't judge them too quickly because even, even with my.com and their performance and some of the issues they've had, I mean, you can still make a comeback. I mean, even with a horrible history, people can still make a comeback. So it's, you know, I, and I also see it from going ahead and ice cream. I want to hear what you have to say too. They're, before I get they're, they're not the best pub- publishers here in the U S either. I mean, I, yeah. I've had issues with them, you know, cause they, they, they have good games. That's the problem. They have good games, but they 
pull some shady stuff with the cash shots, the, the motions. And this just, overall, they just don't have a good reputation. And that, that's, that's what kind of gets me, because there are ga public gaming publishers that have better reputation. So I have to under I have I, I really kind of want to know the the thought process into this. Did they make a contra contractual obligation to kind of clean up their act? Do they have like a time limit to do this during the publishing process before Ashes say, "Listen, you're you're not meeting your obligation." I mean, do they have a backup? I I can say this: they they must be aware of some yeah. of the. I don't want to call it like backlash, but all the red flags going off. They're, they must be seeing it, and oh, then of course, Steven's not a mm -mm. not a noob when it comes to gaming. I mean, I'm sure he's dealt with them too. And I am going to PAX, and I fully expect that someone will bring this up. If I have to be the <laughs> one to ask, I'll go. I'll ask the question to the panel. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm I'm sure it will be addressed uh, within the next week or two. So. so so here's before I kind of want to, don't want to talk about too much today because I feel like the rest of our conversation on discussing fantasy and immersion today is going to be freaking awesome. It's just a gut <laughs> feeling. Uh, we're all three talkers. We all three have a lot lot to say about the genre and just about you know probably more elements to the game than I can even try to wrap my head around and explain out right now. But my thoughts are is uh, I kind of goes back to what Casino had said right. Because he had said, like, I look at the history so far and the, the, the choices that have been made so far by the team and by Steven. And I've I've been tracking this game since 2016. At the Towards the end of 2016, I believe it was the fall, it was Anger Drop, my army buddy, who told me that uh, about this game. And so I went and looked into it. And I literally sat there, and I've talked about this for a long time. I've, I sat there and I lurked because I'm very skeptical when it comes to this genre. And so I sat there and, and I just kind of lurked. I kind of watched. I sat in the shadows. I, I kind of watched from a distance and, and I kind of just made my list invested and, and watchful about it all the way up until Kickstarter for a good, that was probably six, seven, eight months-ish. Um, and, and then from there at that point until now, over a year later now since Kickstarter, just over a year later, uh, I look at all of the success, meeting and surpassing the milestones, meeting them early. Um, and I look at the history and pattern of behavior and choices that have been made. And from all of that time until now, no matter what the speculation, no matter what the criticisms, the choices have been very, very well based. They've been good choices. They And I have that history of decision making mm -hmm. to to continue to trust in. So regardless of who they are bringing in to work on anything in any capacity, I have so far no evidence to, with Steven and with the studio to say, well, you're screwing up here. Because until I see that happen, I still have to base it off of the facts and the evidence that so far have been a solid foundation for me. And so yeah. that's where I'm at with it. To, to get really cheesy here, uh, kind of <laughs> reminds me of a line from Game of Thrones, which is something to the effect of, like, House Glover has stood with House Stark for a thousand years. You will not break faith today. I like yeah. it. Is that what you thought of while I was talking? Something like that, yeah. Much, yeah. That's too funny. We will not falter. Yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, so cheesy, but I love it, dude. Uh, so, 
let's get into talking about fantasy. And today the conversation is really one of how is the Intrepid team when developing Ashes and we look at launch, like what is what is it they've got to do to really keep us immersed? Because that is, I feel, and, and you all might differ and that's what we do here. We talk about things, but I, I feel like that's one of the problems I've seen in a lot of the progression of MMOs and just kind of in the way that MMOs have, have continued to, if you want to say thrive or evolve, I feel like for me and a lot of the times I play like Rift or Terra or Star Wars Yield Republic, I've, I've, there's been elements that they might keep me immersed, but what are some ways that you all find yourselves immersed in an MMO when you're just really in it, when you really love that, that experience and you're thriving on it? What is, what is it that you all find yourselves really immersed in? Environment. Environment for Unite Scream. And number one for me is environment and what is around me. That is the essential for immersion. If I'm playing a game that is high fantasy, mm -hmm. I want to, to stay high fantasy. I don't want to like ride in my mountain quest, going over a mountain and, and I go through a town and I see a vending machine advertisement for Coca-Cola all of a sudden. <laughs> Even if it's like out of a player's home. I don't want that ability in the game. For Have you seen that in other games? Arcage. No way. I have, I have screenshots. Wow. It's because you, you, you know the um, uh, the blank cubes. Yeah. That you can bring in your um, picture files and put on. Right. Yes. Someone people can make like cafes and stuff like that, and someone full on made a Coca Cola vending machine. It was the I'll be honest, it was the most awesome thing I've ever seen in a game, but it totally broke my immersion. I could see I'm that. Like, it's well, like all of a sudden I'm in this high fantasy world and there's a vending. Um, but they made it? They made it. How does that work? Yeah, Arcage. Uh, have, you, have you ever played Arcage? No. Okay, I'm going to say this and it's really bad. I still quite enjoy the game. It's a, it has become a little bit of a chore. If you ever log in just as a newbie, let me know. I will give you a tour of the server that I'm on. You'd be right. amazed at some of the stuff. Well, let, let me back up. I know plenty of people that still enjoy the game. When I, what I was asking was like, how did you, how do you just make a Coke vending machine in well, it's, the just game? Just a picture. It's, um, there's, they have um, what they call, uh, God, I forget what they're called. So you, you can like upload graphics mm -hmm. into the game? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Okay. They have blank, like white cubes. Gotcha. Where, and, and you basically just wrap skin the picture it. around it. Gotcha, gotcha. Skin it. So that that column cute. That's really cool. I like that feature, but that would allow for some immersion breaking. But mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, overall, I think it opens more more cool possibilities. But uh, all right, interesting take. Just just some restriction, like again, uh, like fantasy. Like they also have like a, a house. Um, that's cute. But, uh, and, and like, okay, for also for emerging, it's like, if you're going to do a deal with a, a, an anime company or something, you know, I I don't want to run around like my server and all of a sudden I see a pack of people run by dressed like, you know, the Attack on Titan. No, Attack on Titan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Tara just did a promo with them. Wow. Um, <clears throat> for, for me, overall, overall immersion is about the environment I'm in and how can they, they maintain that um, basically keeping me into the point where I forget how long I've been logged in. 
Uh, yeah. It's an interesting take. I, I would argue that that's pretty much an unsurmountable challenge for pretty much any MMO, just based on like every game I've ever played in an MMO, like it's impossible to maintain perfect immersion, yeah. whether you, you know, just whether the person next to you just feels like talking about, you know, Bruce slash Caitlyn Jenner and like right. that's gonna pull you out of, yeah. you know, yeah. the sort of a thousand truths hunt or whatever it is. And, uh, you know, just, you know, there's always, there's, there's always going to just be like one naked person running around zapping things. <laughs> like there's always going to be yeah. <laughs> something that breaks your immersion in that regard for yeah. me. But, and I get what you're saying, which is like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to pretend I'm in a fantasy world. That's the whole point of this. Right. I get it very much. And I think if they have role play servers, with the exception of uh, the occasional troll that goes over to the roleplay servers just to troll people, which I was guilty of in my younger days. <laughs> um, with the exception of that, uh, you're, you're going to find a, a fairly good uh, environment for that. And if I'm not mistaken, I think they said they would have roleplay servers for this game. But I, I could be off on that. Yeah, um, but either way, if it's, if it's highly requested, I'm sure that they would do it. Yeah. Um, but most yeah right right but so for me the immersion comes from the community when i get immersed it's because i have like there's enough tools for the players to do things so like my degree of immersion is like is this my community so the games that like tend to steer you towards like a single player narrative like you know you go here you pick up these items you talk to this npc and then you really only interact with people if you're like, what does this item do? Or if you're like, I need three people to do this dungeon. I'm after this reward and I have to take three of you with me. Uh -huh. Ugh, come on. Like, that's not immersion for me. Immersion yeah. is like when I have to go deal with the people. So I log in and I'm like, oh, I wonder if that guy that made those really good potions is around today. I could use some more. I'm out of gold, but I have those feathers he was looking for. So I hope he's on. Maybe I can work something out with him. He can, he can hook me up or maybe he'll loan me some potions now and then I can out and kill stuff and I'll, I'll get them some money on the way back into town whatever like that type of community building stuff is immersion yeah. so when i when i log in and, and people you know what are you guys doing oh you know we just we all got together these are you know the the best uh rangers and rogues we know and we're gonna try to scale that mountain we just want to see no one's ever been up there we we think we figured out a way to get up there and we're gonna try to make it to the top like oh my god that sounds just like me <laughs> that's a we're on the way to the dungeon. Ooh, look, a mountain. Yeah, that's one of the things I think for me too is if if I'm like, because I remember, you know, for me my first my first actual MMO was was World of Warcraft, and it was way back in like vanilla. And I remember back then, to me, what just I was just in awe of was the grand scale of things. And granted, back then, you know, like what 2005 or something when I whatever it was five six I think it was five maybe four. Uh, but I remember, I remember being on foot, running. Not that this was a positive thing, running on foot, so many levels, <laughs> like forty or whatever it was, until you got your first mount, and then you could really, it was still pretty slow, but but it was still an achievement. But but I remember like running from zone to zone, and it was just I remember as I'm looking at my screen, just looking up at every corner, turning my camera. And just looking at everything and seeing how far it's stretched out. And, you know, I think last week when Casino and the Couch and I were here, 
it was like we talked about those big statues in game and we talked about those landmarks that were there that were going to be able to be seen and how you are able to when you see that you're like ah i know where i'm at in the world and that's one of those things that helps to kind of direct you and keep you oriented in your environment but it's it's things like that the subtle things like you know uh, a, a cluster of rocks that only is in this place or um a partial ruin that is only here because you don't see it anywhere else it was unique to something in the world you know and i think this is something that potentially could be really fantastic in ashes is we're going back to a world we left thousands of years ago and now that we come back it's like i would expect there would be ruins a lot of ruins after all those thousands of years and probably very distinct ones in different locations and so it's just it's that that level of environment also i agree with night scream and casino here when it's you know, I also can agree with, you know, that the, the one thing with immersion, I think that this is something that I think is I find to be missing more and more is it's reasons to engage with other players outside of I have to take X amount of people to a dungeon. Right. Like just, you know, I think back in the day it was like, you know, there was wasn't a culture of uh, maybe I don't know if toxicity is even the right word, but. There wasn't like a culture of avoidance in communication, which I feel like there is a bit of one now. Like you don't, you know, it's not so easily if someone goes up to some random comes up to you and they're like, hey, um, could you tell me how to get here? You don't really see that as often and you don't see people really respond the way they used to, which was being kind of almost welcoming of helping them. And that that kind of we're in this world and journey together that that to me was like an element of immersion that I really used to enjoy and you don't see. A lot of that today is also the internet culture in itself, yeah. younger generation. Yeah. Now, me, you, Casino, a lot of the people in, you know, our guild, or I'm going to say this kindly, of the older generation, you know, yeah. 40s, 30s, around that age, we didn't grow up with the internet. So we learned how to talk to people. And that is a major difference with the a modern immersion right now is people's ability to know how to talk to and that's kind of essential in an MMO. You know, I think I think that one thing that the node system could potentially do to really help with immersion is the fact that, <clears throat> you know, let's say that because the nodes are all over, right, the world. Mm -hmm. and, and one might start to develop ahead of another one. And so that one that's developing quicker becomes the node that then flourishes and becomes caps out at level six or whatever. If that's destroyed whatever other node around that within proximity that could potentially be further developed already then could start to be the new node and that could be a completely different i mean a completely different you know the node type could be is probably going to be different uh the cultural influence is different the resources is different and that completely sprouting up and then becoming the dominant one in that domain or zone of influence that then changes the culture. And so I think the fact that the node system exists is going to keep, it's going to be much like our world where it's very ever changing, where the one universal constant has changed, right? And so in a lot of MMOs, you don't have that necessarily universal constant of change. Things are very static a lot of the times. And so I think this is, is one of the things that could potentially reinvigorate that sense of immersion. I think for me, because you have something Another new thing. that okay. could come up at any time. And then it's like, oh, my God. So you might have to even communicate with people that you don't know as often yeah. just to get an idea of what's happening here. 
what what's it's, going it's, on it's a lot more serious than that uh <laughs> that's all true but yeah pretty much everything is run by the players so if you want to take a node down yeah you have to orchestrate with everyone like yeah. we are going to get together you get your guys you go to the people that you lead we'll all pull together we're taking this city down we got to hit them where they're weak we got to cut off their supply yeah. routes we got to talk to the potion masters and have a stock we got to get siege weapons built but when people are asking what it's for we have to have a story for some other town we're gonna siege like it's gonna be full-on game of thrones yeah everything orchestrated among the players yes. and then the furthering that as well they've said that like a lot of this game uh involves like just going to places you haven't been or talking to people so like one of the things i'm most excited about uh, obviously my name is casino it comes from <laughs> the name casino owner and uh that that was a reference to a, a league of legends live stream i did but so the joke everyone has been saying is you can learn tavern games in this in aspiration so i'm going to actually be a casino owner nice and one of the things they were saying is like a way to learn a new tavern game is to go to some other part of the world where it's taught like maybe one person unlock some quest and learn it from this one npc and then that person can go around teaching people or pointing you to that direction but so i just imagine you'll constantly be walking around seeing things and going where where did you get that metal i i haven't seen it anywhere where where'd you get that staff that i haven't even seen a recipe for that and yeah there's just going to be a bunch of people saying oh so actually i heard from my buddy he's you know all the way on the other side of the map uh he took me over to you know some place in this forest we found this thing like oh can we go check it out like it's just going to be a lot of you know, not just like mm -hmm. talk to this NPC, you load into the dungeon, kill the thing at the end, and you get it. Mm -hmm. It's going to yeah. be a lot of like, I think it was over here. I forget. We kind of got sidetracked. Yeah. It was here somewhere. It was here yesterday. Maybe it's gone today. Like, it's going to, you know. Yeah. Where was that landmark and stuff like that? Yeah. And then and, I think and, an, another thing that'll drive it also is I believe in the latest interview, did uh, Stephen also confirmed that the resources around a node are not infinite, they're finite. They're finite. Mm -hmm. they, they're going to run out, so it's going to either force you to learn trade with other nodes, um, or you're you're going to have to learn how to, to to negotiate, or you're going to have to let your node grow or get taken over so that it can be, you know, reborn. Mm -hmm. Man, so so talking about the fire, I mean, obviously, if ever, anyone watching this would, can tell that we're all very passionate about the genre, clearly. You can see it in our discussion. So for we're you all, you're super nerds. I'm, I'm a freaking super nerd. Oh, my God, man. I'm telling you. I go hardcore. So what for you all when, and we're talking about launch, uh, and I want to get some ideas about uh, what we think is going to really be important that the studio is going to need to master capitalize on ensure that they don't screw up at launch to really get people to be continued to be engaged i know that could be you know our answers could be very diverse on this but when thinking about that that's almost you know what fuels the fire to keep people playing so when they don't just cap out at max level go okay well i hit max level now and you know i know that people are gonna be like clearly it's the node system sim i obviously but you know from our past experiences what are some of the things that, you know, seem to keep the fire going, keep it burning? Uh, for me, it's honestly, it's, it's the crafting and exploration, which I love 
craft. Um, I'm, I've said this before many times. I am basically a potato. I'm a Care Bear. My my whole entire goal mm -hmm. is to you know craft things, farm, husbandry, keep my guild well well stocked. Right. I'm basically logistics. You know that. Yep. I like to you know find out where things are, go get them, provide them for my guild. Yes. But also exploring the world. It's like it's like oh hey you know I I I'm curious about the ocean. Hey you know let's let's mount a um, an expedition. Let's go let's go check out the ocean ocean today. You know, then you find like a whole nother half of the game that is completely unexplored because no one, everyone starts inland and how no one's gotten to the ocean yet. Just to fuel your fire further on that particular issue, they've not only expanded their naval content, but there's all this underwater stuff as well. And they've said there'll be mounts yeah. that go underwater and various different methods for <laughs> being able to hold your breath or take potions that allow you to explore underwater. So you're not yeah, just exploring the ocean, yeah. you're going under the sea. And mm -hmm. they've even confirmed that there are there are in fact island nodes. Yes. Mm -hmm. I remember I specifically asked that question on one of their live streams, um, and I'm just like, please answer this question. I'm a giant. I live in the. I live near the ocean. I love the ocean. Is there gonna be island dwarves too? Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? And they're like, yes, there will be island nodes that'll have a whole completely different building system. You know, it'd probably be around fishing or something like that. I'm just like, yay! So being able, to, so for night screen for you, it's being able to continue to explore the world and continue to have Find like re things. reasons to adventure out and continue to get immersed. And so, Casino, what about you? Uh, well, I'll answer that, but I also, again, just because uh, if I can fuel someone else's fire, I'm happy mm -hmm. to. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're an exploration junkie, I think that they are very much making this game with that in mind. And what makes it even crazier is uh, they've said a couple things that is just. Uh, really cool for exploration. The first is they've said that as seasons change and as nodes change, it impacts the world. So like, for example, they were saying that, uh, you know, during uh, winter, there might just be mounds of snow covering a certain area. So, you, you know, you just get to a certain spot. There's just a bunch of snow and you go somewhere else because there's just a bunch of snow in front of you that mm -hmm. you can't even climb. But then that same area in the spring, the snow might have melted and you might be able to take this path you know, through the mountain that was blocked off by snow. So not only will you be able to explore places, but you can go back and explore places you've already explored and find new stuff. Nice. That's yeah. the first thing. Second thing is they've like hidden stuff and they've made it so that every class has different ways of seeing different things that other classes can't quite pick up to track certain things. So uh, these are like general examples. I don't think these are concrete, but they've shown that like, uh, you know, it, it might just look like a big open field with a bunch of trees, but a rogue might be able to, or a ranger might be able to detect like some footprints mm -hmm. and follow them. And it might lead you to an area that you otherwise wouldn't have found. And uh, they showed one where like a, I forget if it was like a mage or a cleric had a spell where it like made visible things that are hidden. And they were literally standing at the side of a mountain and it, it just looked like just a wall of rock. And they used the spell and a doorway appeared. And only a mage with that like visibility spell could make that appear. And there was no indication that it was there. Maybe it might have been mentioned by like some NPC, like, you know, oh, there's a oh, hidden yeah. entrance in the side of the mountain. But basically you can go around to things where you think you know what you're looking at and use different classes, visibility spells or whatever it is, and might literally make new areas appear 
or or produce new pathways. And then on top of those two things, they've said that different classes have ways of traversing terrains that other classes simply can't. Right. So like the mage might be able to warp through a wall that no one else can get into. And once the mage is through the wall, there might be like some unlock mechanism on the other side to let everyone else in. And without a mage or whatever it is, you're not getting in there. On the flip side, like uh, a rogue might be the only one who can literally scale a wall. Mm -hmm. And up at the top, there might be some lever to open a door. And without a rogue with you, it's just a wall. But with them there, people can get in and get through. So uh, not only can you go back and re-explore things you've already explored, but then bringing different people to the same things you've already explored might reveal new things. So if you're an exploration junkie, I think you're, you'll have your hands full. Yeah, I know I definitely yeah. am. I'm looking forward to the expedition. Right. So, uh, so we talked about some of the ways things that can fuel the fire. What are things that post launch can extinguish it? Uh, this is a big one that I'm, I'm watching happen in the current game that uh, I'm streaming. And it is the, reduction or invalidation of rewards or of things that people have worked for uh and i i don't know how that I, I assume that intrepid understands not to make this mistake but i've seen it made by so many companies i thought knew better but it's just a recurring thing where you you work really hard you know whatever it is you go on this three-month journey to build these gauntlets or whatever they are and they're really strong and that's why you love them and you finally get them and then they realize oh you know what a lot of people seem to be using these gauntlets as opposed to any other gauntlets and instead let's of nerf them right instead of saying well then let's make all the other gauntlets good too so that you you want to go with other options but you don't you're not punished for having gone after these but yeah they, they'll nerf something and then people like i i spent all my money all my time and all my resources on these gauntlets when i could have been going after that helmet that's still broken and needs a nerf and uh now you made my gauntlet suck screw this i'm out and mm -hmm. i see it happen all the time it, it, that happened a lot with, especially in arcade, um, the crafting system and the um, just the RNG and when you build something, that's a major turnoff for me. I hate that's just one thing that Eastern gaming companies don't seem to get with the Western MMO. We despise RNG. We don't like it. We don't want it. If you tell us how to make something and this is and, and tell us this is the definite path to get it, we will work for it. We but we we don't want to take chances for it. Just we want dice. to be able. It wants we want attainable goals, and that in itself is. I'm gonna say Western culture overall. We're not afraid of hard work to get the end game, but if there's a chance at that end game, we roll a dice and we roll a one, and all of our hard work is poof. We don't want to do it. Uh, I, I mean, I, I definitely understand the sentiment, but I guess mm -hmm. I'd say you might speak for yourself on that one only because, I don't know, I've, I've played games where there's an RNG element. I mean, you, you don't want it crazy, right? You don't want you to go on that crazy journey. to blow up. Uh, right. Well, so it, it shouldn't <laughs> blow up as you're trying to build it or the likelihood of it blowing up as you're trying to build it should be insanely, insanely small. Uh He's never I, played Arc Age. I'm just thinking nope. Goblin Engineering or something right now. Yeah. Wow reference. But yeah, go ahead, Casino. I, I haven't, but so you were saying that they pulled a lot from the, the Galaxy's crafting system, and the Galaxy's yeah. crafting system had several layers of RNG. So the first thing is like the the resources that you were using uh, for a bit of RNG, you could you could hunt down and track and buy the best 
base resources, but if you just went over to the nearest resource site and pulled some out of the ground, it was RNG for the most part, what you were going to get. Right. Um, and then when you're building it, every crafter had experimentation as one of their stats and the best crafters had the highest experimentation, but having the highest experimentation doesn't mean every time they make something, it's the best. It just meant they had the opportunity to roll the best. And so like even the worst version of it that you could make was still like pretty good. But so the swing would be like 20%, which is huge. So if you got like mm -hmm. the, the bare bones roll and you're like, oh, this is like 80% of what it could have been, it's still going to be really good and usable. But you still have that moment of like, maybe I'll pursue another one. And it makes like that little bit of randomness when they would experiment and get like, holy, sh like, okay, look at I the max damage on this thing. Right. I think the RNG that I'm talking about that I'm more familiar with is the one in our gauge, which it's just if you don't roll or you don't buy, quote unquote, the protection rolls, the potential for your really mm. expensive end game equipment blowing up. If oh it misses that thing, it is almost 90%. And That's atrocious. It's atrocious, and people have complained about it. And, and again, RNG boxes, and like, like the gotcha box. You know, people, we don't like that. Now, the RNG you described, I don't mind, because that still leaves you with a viable item that you could possibly sell for a profit right. for what you did. Most of the RNG that the gaming is familiar with now is a bastardization of what you described right yeah that seems too much to me now tell me what you, you think of this uh because they also had like a a weapon repair system where you could buy a kit and and you could buy a, a better kit or a worse kit but so as you're using your item it would just invariably wear down let's say that the max health of the item was i don't know 1500 and uh when it got low enough you would repair it because if it got to zero you can't use it like you have to attempt to repair and if it's at zero when you attempt to repair it it's like you're much less likely to repair it so when it started getting real low you'd be like all right i need to fix this because i don't want to risk it getting broken and every time you repaired it you had like a pretty good i forget what it was but it would be like like a 96 percent chance that you would just repair it but there was always that like four percent chance that just breaks in your hands any given time trying to repair it but it was it almost never happened when it did it was like you're not going to believe what happened. Um, and so you could actually take it to like a crafter of that type of thing and let them attempt to repair it. And their repair chances were even higher than yours. But every time you repaired it, the max health of it got slightly less. Like the first repair would bring it to like 1,450 health. But each time you could repair it. And most of the time you could just repair it and repair it and repair it. But eventually, you know, it sounded like 500 max health because you're just constantly wearing it down and repairing it, wearing it down and repairing it. And then sooner or later, you will eventually break it. But hopefully you've gotten I like, I like that idea, but kind of swap it around where if you do self-repairs, the durability or the it starts going down until you take it to a master craft who, can, who has the possibility to do a complete reset of it. Yeah, that'd be cool. I think the idea was intentionally to make it finite, like they wanted yeah. no item to be safe to last forever. But yeah, something something along the lines of like a master crafter being able to buy it a, a much longer window, yeah. or yeah, or even like a small chance to fully repair. That'd be cool. Yeah, like a small chance to fully repair it, and it's like, and it's not good as new, obviously. Yeah, good as new, not good as new, but you know, it's like you know, it's good as new minus you know 
1% original durability, you know, here you go. But eventually it's been a massive well to fix it. It's a year, it's now become a decoration for wall. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? That actually it, having it, having a system in place like that w makes a lot of sense for me because a lot of other things in the world, like mounts and uh, you know, a lot of things are meant to not last. It seems like so that you're, continually you know continuously looking for you know new ways to strive ahead whether it be making then you know another weapon that's still you know viable a viable option or or whatever it, it would make sense to me that they would have to have it to have it potentially to where uh you know things for over time don't last forever and eventually you do have to you know seek another you know weapon or item or you know relic whatever it is to to continue to you know, be successful in this domain or, or whatever that domain could be, you know, combat or could be, you know, even crafting like a tool of yours uh, yeah. th that, you know, is really, really fantastic that you maybe by chance uh, do a journey exploring uh, up that mountain pass that was blocked during the winter. It's now summer or spring and you've journeyed up there, you found a cave and, you know, there was this hidden cache of, uh, you know, items and in the items was, you know, something from long ago, uh, you know, a hammer that was used by this, you know, dwarven smith who was iconic in the time of, you know, being really, really good at creating a certain weapon. And you find this relic, but this relic in itself, it's not a god mode thing. It's not a god mode item. It's not something that never breaks over time. It will, it will decay or it will crack. And, you know, uh, I think, you know, finding something like that and knowing that this will be very useful for a time. Um, and I might be able to maintain it and sustain it for so long, but eventually it too will, will diminish and no longer be of use. I, I like that because it, it doesn't keep things in that like cookie cutter, uh, carbon copy, you know, kind of like I've always talked about reskinning the same thing over and over sort of thing. It's like, okay, well mm -hmm. this hammer had this bonus. Well now maybe I, I can find something else and it's, uh, oh hell, I don't know, uh, something and to something feel like, forge or whatever and something like made with that that relic is going to have in the description made with made by blah 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 with the relic of this and there's going to be a finite amount of those type of items in the world now because again that that relic is finite seeing all of that to me is freaking amazing immersion too like that would immerse me like constantly journeying and having a quest and a story and a narrative that even based around a weapon or a mount or whether it's <clears throat> husbandry or, you know, gem crafting, oh, anything. Okay. Yeah. I was a little disappointed when I found out about the Griffins not being readed possibilities, but dials so that someone can, I'm just like, oh, really? I can, I can just pick a, a look and go with it. It's not a read it. I was a little disappointed with that because you know me and husbandry. I, I like to breed my animals, see what variants I get. Just being able to like open up a panel and switch out my griffin's head or something to a different version. No, they were they were saying you can breed them. Yeah, I thought they said that they were using a dial system in their inventory or something like that. To yeah, but no, that no, they were saying like there's dials mm -hmm. for when you're breeding to try to try to uh, oh, give up yeah. certain traits to try to push other traits yeah. further. Okay, I misunderstood. Yeah. So. So yeah, like uh, this, this griffin will be able to pull less weight, but it should be able to run faster. We're going to try to breed for speed and not weight, things like that, is how oh. I understood it. But that's how I understood speed. it, too. Yeah, it was okay, like, yeah, 
It was I kind of really, like I never played Galaxy, so I wasn't really familiar with that. Yeah, to me it oh, seemed I don't know about galaxies. I didn't do any creature yeah. and stuff. It seemed to me like the dials was almost like when you're trying to breed out certain traits, you try to use other, you know, ones with certain traits to in order to breed into this you know pattern or whatever it is you're seeking. I feel like the dials are supposed to uh kind of be that decision making process. That's kind of how I understood it anyway. Oh, I misunderstood. Yeah. Um, so talking about ways to extinguish, extinguish, you know, the passion and flame, uh, you guys have any other ideas as far as, you know, game launches and what are some um, things that are just going to kill it for you and not kill it in the positive way? Like, Oh, he killed it. Like um, he killed it. It's rip. If something becomes repetitive, if it becomes a chore, like I log in, yes. just make sure I don't lose this property. Like basically it's kind of where I am with gauge right now. No daily I'm quests. No daily. Mm, I don't mind a daily quest. I hate them. As long as it's not something overly, you know, maybe even just make them weekly quests instead of daily or something. I don't mind them too much because they do provide a sense of, you know, quick and easy income. But yeah, it's not too many. Maybe like a single daily quest per per node. I don't love daily quests either. I, I can tolerate them, but they don't. I, I don't expect we'll see them, and I yeah, I don't I hope don't, to see them. But wouldn't, I, I don't wouldn't really care it. for them. It's like you know, run such and such dungeon, blah blah. blah. I was like, eh, I don't really want to. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could understand if like it has something to do with uh, a tavern, uh, game master. Uh, something where they're like, hey, we need something, but it not being like, okay, so. Today I got the one for kill twenty of these, or today I got. I just I hate dailies because it to, for me that completely takes away from the immersion. It feels like a job. I I don't get on. I, one thing I love about MMORPGs when it when I'm able to have this experience is the grindiness of that. I have to log on to get this work done so I can maintain what I have, as opposed to. Uh, I'm bettering something and I'm having a new experience. It's not a new experience. It's, it's a grindy ass. I can't stand it. I hate dailies. I hate anything that is so repetitive like that. Cause it takes away from my experience to be immersed. Don't do I go from here to here. Login rewards. Yeah. I don't, I don't mind login rewards. No, Free stuff for logging in. Well, it d depends. It depends upon what it is. Because that in itself can also become a daily chore. To log in, that's not hard. I I can understand where Nice Group is coming from. Like maybe someone only has a certain amount of time to play, and they don't really have the time to get on for whatever for whatever reason. Maybe they travel and their base computers at home. I I can understand that. I don't mind the daily login rewards personally, but I can understand how that could be something that if the rewards themselves were so good that like you because you missed out on logging in that other people have an advantage then i could see how that would be but yeah but so e even that's typically like you know just hey can you just log in for me real quick like just log in Maybe. hit claim log out well, like depends upon if you depends upon if you have someone that can do that that's for true you. i mean you try to find one person you trust even if they it's not someone who plays the game just like a significant other be like just let me just show you how to log in you know, I'm just, like if, just if today. that was me. Qu quite honestly, the only person I would probably trust with my login. If... You cut out. Is... Night scream. What? I said if that was me. Quite honestly, the only person I would probably trust with my login information. 
kind of again. <laughs> Got you right. But the only person I would trust with my login information and then silence. He he could not be named. <laughs> it's Sam. It's, it's, oh. it's, it's Sam. You know, because you know we we've known each other now for like four years gaming. There you go. No. Yes. So you already have one person, and then they've yeah. discussed like a mobile companion app. So maybe it's something, and we don't even know if they're going to have them, but maybe it's something you could log in via the phone. But anytime they want to give me something for logging in, especially if there are some good rewards, and I get it, like, oh, you logged in on this day and I couldn't, so you got a nice item. But I like looking forward to it. Like, I'm going to do my best to at least <laughs> log in every day. So if I'm like, ooh, when I log in tomorrow, I get this, this, and this, like, I'm excited. Like, as soon as I log in, I know what I'm doing. You get the wolf cub pet, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever it is, like hell yeah, can't wait for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. That's a nice thing. And then uh, the with the dailies, I don't suspect we'll have dailies, but who knows? But I do think that it'll be sort of like a make your own dailies thing, where it's like, do you have a daily to water your crops? Formally, no. Do you have to log in every single day and water your crops? Yes, or your crops will die. You know, it's your choice so to have I, crops. Yeah. So stuff like that where, it's like, you know, do you have to go to the archery range for your free 20-minute session that this NPC gives you every day? No. But if you're trying to level up your archery as quickly as possible, you should log in every day. And every 24 hours, you get a free 20 minutes to just build some archery skill. You know, go for it. So you'll hopefully it'll be that kind of system where you'll have yeah. a daily routine. But if at any point you're like, I'm over this archery crap. I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah, your daily routine's your choice. If it's your choice, then that makes, yeah, I'm... I'm down for that. Like I, I made the choice to have crops or I made the choice to have something right. that I had to lo like log on to maintain. And that totally, yeah, totally makes sense to yeah. me. I'm totally cool with that. hundred percent. So what are some choices you make matter? <laughs> yes. Like, yes. Like keeping things relevant. So speaking of fantasy, our title for the Simcast today, uh, we're kind of rounding, rounding to the end here, but I wanted to get some more, what are some more elements? Like the backdrop today is a very, uh, you know, you'll see it later. You all can't see it now, but the backdrop for today is just to me embodies fantasy, and it's a it's an art image of theirs that they've they've had for a long time that I've seen. And you know, to me, I think the elements of fantasy that I thrive on is the immersion for a lot of those re those things we talked about, like meaningful meaningful uh, experiences like that that further immerse us further. Uh, almost enrich enrich the fantasy feel i think um just enriches the experience of being in a high fantasy environment and for me that could be as simple as uh something about the routine maybe i created something that i like to do and in a lot of our daily day lives we have our own routines and it's easy to establish you know in a lot of games like i'm going to farm this today doing this to maintain this and uh, for me, a lot of it does, I like, go back to the, this, the environment. If you make the environment look good and you find a really good balance so that that environment will continue to look just as good in 10 years and it can be done, but you've got to be able to ensure that the way that the, you know, artistically that it's designed is a, a good, in my opinion, a good hybrid of realism and fantasy kind of art, artistic style, like it could even be a sense of cartoony. If you make it look too real or you try to, if you try to go for the too real approach, it will not look too real later. But if you go for the too cartoony approach, it may not be, you know, it may not be able to immerse some people. And I can understand that too. But for me, it's just all the, the ambient lighting, uh, it could be the sun shafts. It could be, 
the the weather um the texture on trees and buildings for me buildings not being super like you know super edgy and too cubic you know too geometric shaped and having enough of a texture to allow it to look like it's maybe something that's had some wear and tear it has textures you know that you would almost look at it and it's like oh man that that immerses me that to me is an element of fantasy that I thrive on because one one game that drives me nuts from their business standpoint and the top end, I can't stand that they do this, but they're the Elder Scrolls Online. That game has been out now. I played it in closed beta, well into the early parts of closed beta. From that point until now, they've nailed it. It is still very true to the to the to the game in general. Uh, aesthetically, it still looks really good. It hasn't really degraded a lot uh, as far as in the, its appearance and, you know, the way that it just looks so spectacular to me. So for me, if it looks really nice, if it just feels so fantasy and you can keep that and maintain that, I'm just, I'm always going to look forward to jumping in game. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to love it. I, I have to admit the Elder Scrolls, that's one thing that that whole entire franchise has gotten right. I mean, people to this day, how old is Skyrim? She's, uh, you know I mean, and, and people still play that game in yeah. mass quantity. So yeah, you know, obviously they are doing incredibly right. Yeah. What about you, Casino? What are some things you can think of elements of fantasy thrive on? Uh, for me, it's a lot of uh, the visuals for sure, but it's more in animations and stuff. Uh, really cool particle effects. Really cool combat animations. I like especially things that defy physics. So if you have a mage just, you know, flying through the air or you're on a flying mount, you know, yeah. a dragon flying over a city, those are the things that are really, really cool, the things that you don't get to see in your everyday life. I mean, I'm very critical of the visuals as well. Um, it was actually the, the main thing that prevented me from getting into this game sooner was the early concept art I thought was too corny and cartoony, um, and it looked more like... Like... Uh, like a free browser RPG than like a you yeah. know, AAA quality game. Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't until I actually saw some of the in-game screenshots that I thought, oh, wait, they, they know what they're doing. <laughs> they're just using, you know, like one particular concept artist who's not uh, not being reflected in, in what the actual game looks like. But yeah, yeah for... they finally they nailed down an actual yeah. lead artist. Yeah, they did. He's fantastic too. I'm, I'm loving oh, it's it really right good. Now. They, that was one of my concerns. I think one of my biggest concerns too, Casino, was uh, I I saw a lot of concept art and it didn't seem to, you know, linear in design. I suppose is a way to say it. It seemed like it varied too much in style, and that concerned me because I was like, I didn't feel I really knew what to expect in that regard. And so I think one of the things about the live action combat preview and some of the Alpha One environment previews that really was like oh, that was really nice to see was the fact that, that you start to really get grounded in the style now. You're starting to really get a sense of the design style and how the they're going to be approaching all that. And it, I feel much more secure now seeing a lot of that because to me, I'm like, okay, this is this is totally up my alley now. Yeah. Yep, and I, I like a, a blending of, uh, how do I put it, like a blending of fantasy and sci-fi. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it doesn't have to actually involve sci-fi in the sense of, you know, like I don't need a spaceship flying over my castle but uh you there's just like like uh i don't know if you guys have seen the concept art of like uh 
the the corrupted creature growing crystals on its back and the different crystals are unique to like the different zones or elements there's like the green version of them and the red version of them and the purple version of them and uh but so stuff like that where it it looks like it it totally could be in a sci-fi movie or a fantasy setting that that like slightly edgier art is much uh much cooler and uh so yeah i you know that that does it for me uh i do want to see some cooler combat animations in uh I, I don't think we will and i think this is just something i'm just gonna have to deal with and the current combat animations aren't bad but games these days have just made absolutely incredible combat animations especially some of the asian mmos just have these like crazy awesome like swinging a sword three times your size doing all these like acrobatic moves just on a basic attack and then you know you do this crazy like cyclone buster combo on an ultimate i i've always really liked like I think we might step. You have to remember, this is still feeling. early stage alpha. This is these are still the the building blocks. So he, Stevens, even said that this is not the the finished product for their combat. You know. And I think yeah. I even remember hearing that you know like saw the the them swinging the sword all really wide, and he actually confirmed that yeah, there's three hitboxes on on the the people. You know. Shoulder, like a head, a torso, and those three. There's three. Yeah. Interesting. I've I've seen games that have a lot more. That's not too critical for me. Like we'll see how that comes down to. But I've seen games where it differentiates between did it hit a head, an upper arm, a lower arm, a torso, an upper leg, a lower leg, and it would like damage specific pieces of armor. So like if you just kept hitting them in the boot, you could mess up their boots. Like (laughs) I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I would like I, I I will agree on this too because you know I I enjoy like almost like the art of combat, like the you know uh, ability. And I'm 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 not sure how this is gonna look, but I'm hoping with their action combat system that and I'm seven months right, seven months to in Alpha One that we're gonna be able to really test this. Yeah. So they can gain the data they need to. I'm hoping really polish this well. And I'm hoping part of what they're wanting to polish is ways to maybe create. Because back in, I don't know if you remember this or not, but back early, early on in the early iterations and pre-alpha stuff they showed, there was a combo bar, and there was a combo system that they had worked up. I'm hoping, I'm hoping they're trying to still take the idea of a combo system into maybe live action and almost like what you talked about last week, Casino, with the skill shot sort of mentality of, of combat and how that design could be played out. I'm hoping that they do something and I'm hoping that the seven months is so they can actually do this and make combat really interesting. So it's not the same animation. Perhaps you could combo in a series of attacks and if you combo it right, then maybe you get that sort of skill shot. Um, that would be freaking awesome, I think. And I'm really hoping that happens. That's what I'm hoping is going on here. But we don't know. We we don't know because they they keep it close to the chest. But that's cool. That's okay. Hey, they're they're like I said, they're they're still continuing to walk the path of the light. But yeah, yeah, and it's fantastic. The, the the one thing that they seriously have going for them is their openness about where they're at. Yeah, absolutely. Their communication's been excellent. They're very transparent. Yeah. And uh, and just to clarify, like I, the, obviously you know there's high hopes. We could all like create some like amazing, amazing combat system in our head that would be perfect. Mm-hmm. But you know they have to find a balance that everyone's happy with. Yeah. Uh, I was saying like literally specifically just the combat animations for like the same ability. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and uh and and like i said like how it is now is not bad like i see where they're going but so like some uh some games are just more basic about it than others so like like the the basic attack most games their basic attack is just like chop and like that's the basic hit like it's basic but then there are other games where like the basic is like this you know like like one two three that's but that is the basic animation or whatever it is or, or even just whatever it is like there's little differences in the animation where like one might have just like like a smooth like chop but like there's a difference in the level of animation when the chop is like bam you know it's like fast and then like hold the pose or whatever it is like you know there's just little differences in like exaggerating the motions or just like even on the basic swing just doing like like a a spin around and come down and with like a nice like thud you know there's just there's just ways to really jazz up the combat so that even a fight between like two level two players looks like oh it's going down and not just like whack 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 you know there's there's ways to to jazz it up so i I hope they jazz up i'm not seeing anything that leads me to believe that they will but who knows and you know it's it's fine as it is they they seem to be going for particle effects which yeah you know what uh i'm actually really hoping that they can do that too because they they keep saying like the people that come through the portal and they talked so much on the last live stream about the armor design we talked about how the modular kind of uh mentality that we we keep seeing and i'm they're talking about the people that come through the portal are the best of the best they're not they're not scrubs like you said like the little level twos that just do the single kind of whack attacks because they they don't know better these are supposed to be the best of the best so i'm hoping that that translates into things like the combat design and uh just kind of you know they're they're doing it with the armor style that's cool so i'm kind of hoping that that's something that we see across the board like these people aren't like you're coming in you might be level one but level one still a badass and still is rocking it and still has skill and you can see that in whether you know what ele- whatever element of gameplay it is so um so in kind of concluding questions here what do you feel like in, in terms of the game's launch uh that ash is going to have to overcome uh that that might be something that we maybe even see a lot of games falter at um this could be you know it could be business model because this is going to be a sub pretty much just sub game you know there's no box cost there's no you know purchasing dlcs or any of that they've confirmed that it's it's a it's a subscription model and you get the content and patches and stuff with that subscription model um you know i could see pros and cons for a lot of people um and i could see how some people's can you know one of my concerns is going to be ensuring that there's content post max level no matter what it is they stay away from the daily grind thing and really ensure that there's real content for me that's the thing what about what about you all i i think there will be in-game content just because so much of the content will be controlled by the players so Mm -hmm. like you'll never be without any game content if you're like look i really hate that city i want to organize a group I want to take that city down. I like the neighboring city better. We're going to yeah. build them up. And then just by doing that, you you literally change world events and, and open up new world bosses and stuff. So the end game content is kind of always in the player's hands, which is nice. And then I'm sure they'll just be adding new stuff in. Yeah. But and for me, oh, go ahead. That in itself is going to be a hurdle that they're going to have to get over because people are not that kind of content anymore. Yeah. Where, where, where it's player-generated end game content. 
a lot of today's younger gamers are not used to that. They are spoon-fed what their content is. Here's the latest patch. It's a new dungeon. Here's your in-game content. Go. Right. Well, I, that's exactly what I was going to touch on, is uh, yeah. I think the largest thing they have to overcome was something that uh, Star Wars Galaxies really struggled with, and it even impacted me early on, which is when it is entirely up to the players. Like, I know this sounds terrible, but people prefer to just be told what to do. Like, the reason World of Warcraft is so popular is you load in and it goes, go over here, do that thing, good job, as opposed to loading in and saying, all right, go do whatever you want. Then you yeah. have people going, wait, what am I doing here? I don't, where do I go? Did I go the right way? I'm lost. What is this thing? And like people get frustrated. They literally like it better. Like, go get that thing. I got that thing. I did good. So uh, <laughs> I, it sounds puppies. terrible. They're yeah. Puppies. It sounds terrible, but that's what it is. And it, it impacted me. When I first started playing Star Wars Galaxies, I I was lost. Uh, you know, I was like, what, what should I be doing? And when you're just constantly asking, like, what does this do? Where do I go for this? Yada, yada. Like, it makes it a little bit tougher to suffer a noob when you're just like, oh, they have questions about absolutely everything. Like, I'm just trying to do my thing, and I have to keep going back and explaining, no, 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 let me show you. I can't I can't find the guy to get my horse. Hold on, I'm coming. You know what I mean? Like, they, they have to make sure it is new player friendly and that they adequately explain things and are very clear with, like, not not telling you what to do or being like, nope, can't go to the next zone until you finish this quest like that's too restrictive but like if they never went and talked to that npc maybe like a thing that pops up like um don't forget you should probably go talk to that npc you know if you don't want to see this uh this suggestion again you can have it never pop back up but thought you might, might want to remind you go talk to that guy you haven't done that yet you know whatever it is uh gotta make well, it new new player friendly and yeah give people and some hopefully... direction so yeah some direction but also hopefully they'll also be maybe part of a guild that has a mentor program set up you know or even a mentor program installed in the game where some go to a npc mentor that'll basically kind of give them you know a little bit of a leg up there's um actually steven mentioned there was a question ages back it was like probably several months back actually steven had mentioned uh, there was a, a question about what's going to give higher level players a reason to interact with low level players. And he explained that there was kind of a mentorship sort of system that they were going to have in place. Um, and that was that uh, you, I think he, I believe he said, and I could be wrong on this, but I believe he said that, you know, the, the higher level players could also be rewarded for helping low level players and the reason that that interaction would even be possible is because a lot of the starting zones would be uh, somewhat in within proximity of where events naturally would be happening in the world. Uh, it could be close to where maybe major metropolises are forming. Um, and so, you know, because it makes sense, too, because if your starting zone is here, you're going to have a node of influence that's going to grow relatively closely. Um, so, you know, he actually explained that there's sort of a mentorship system. So um, I'm hoping that that does look interesting myself well, that that actually reminds me and i hope they do something like this this was one of the cooler things about galaxies is uh you could pick up portions of a profession so like just as an example if you wanted to be like a swordsman you could like go up the speed portion go up the damage portion go up the the targeted attacks portion whatever but if you wanted to be a master swordsman one of the things you needed for that top box was a certain amount of teaching other people 
the skills you already did know, and you literally got experience teaching other players the skills. And if someone learned it from you, it didn't cost them anything. They could go learn it from an NPC and they'd have to pay. So it encouraged people to go seek out like, hey, does anyone know this skill? Someone please come teach me. And then you'd have people come running like, oh, I need to teach a couple more people. Come here, young Padawan. Nice. Uh, yeah, that'd be and cool. It, it was, and then, and it, you know, and then when they're working together, like, oh, thanks so much. By the way, just, you know, now that I have you here, uh, is this gun any good? You know, and then like, you know, you'd, you'd start talking to people and, and that's how it would, uh, it would kick off. So yeah, I hope that they have systems in place to drive people to, to help the lower among us, even if it's for their own benefit. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, we have any other final thoughts, Night Scream? Casino? Um, quite honestly, ultimately, and I do believe this is Steven's end goal, is it's going to be the community that makes or breaks it. Yes. Quite ultimately. Um, so hopefully we, you know, as a community ourselves, you know, we will educate each other. We'll communicate with each other. We'll let people know, hey, you know what? You know, my guild such and such over here found this, but we're looking for this. You know, is anyone out there willing to help us? You know, or is another guild out there willing to trade? So ultimately it's all about community. It depends what the incentives are for yeah. me to say, yeah, yeah, I'll help you and then lead you guys out into the woods and kill you all. <laughs> yeah, so. pretty much. Corruption. Could, again, a part of the community. I mean, if... if uh telling you i know a great trade route and then stealing everything in your caravan is, is works out better you know they, they might build a certain type of community around that so. yeah exactly exactly i agree well i wanted to uh get, get ourselves closed up here we're at an hour and 10 definitely a new i knew a talker as it was going to happen so it's been a very full fantasy conversation i think today it's a landmark episode as well so i think we had a really great thriving conversation for today episode 20 is many moons and weeks and whatever you want to call it of of uh consistency here on the simcast so to all of the guests that have been on past or present uh appreciate your time and your investment it's made the the simcast as you know success as successful as it is thus far and i do you know hope and plan to have many more awesome people uh to join it and join the cast ranks and and to continue to contribute and uh in in that we're almost building our own community of, of people that are friends and familiar with each other and, you know, have a lot to share and hopefully a lot of great content to provide on that note. Uh, where are your domains and where can people find you? Well, I'm in virtue. I'm always around here somewhere. Right. She's the guilty. She's the guilty on the episode. And, uh, I, I was trying to go second cause mine's a little longer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm all over the place, but mainly twitch.tv slash casino, which is spelled K-H-A-S-I-N-O. And I stream every single day at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, the schedule might change for Ashes, but for now you can always find me same time, same place. And uh, come on out, firstly, just to talk Ashes. Uh, but secondly, uh, if I didn't mention this last time, I have a mystery bag in my channel that gives out free one-month and two-month subscriptions to Ashes of Creation. Uh, literally all you do is just hang out in the chat and type exclamation mystery bag and there's a very low chance that you'll you'll get something of value but uh, you can just keep pulling from it so um, if you're worried that you you might not be able to uh, you know pay for the first couple of months you're not sure if you want to pay for the first month or two until you try it out uh, I'm literally giving out free uh, free 
monthly subs to Ashes. And then uh, I'm part of the content creator program. So they're going to be giving us beta keys to give away. There's going to be exclusive in-game cosmetics you can only get from watching the channel. Yep. The devs have said they'll be featured guests on the stream to introduce people to new content. Mm -hmm. So uh, come support your local content creators. The bigger a following that... Um, you know, things like the SimCast get, things like my channel get, the more resources we have to give you guys more stuff and, and get more info, you have more pull. You know, if I had, you know, 5,000 Ashes of Creation viewers, I could just say to the devs, hey, I got 5,000 people asking for this thing. You know, can you can you hook us up with a preview of this or can you toss us some of these items or whatever it is? You, you get more pull. So support your local content creator. I agree. And uh, I got to get, I got a couple of shout outs for today. Uh, Ace Knight, the Phantom Hawk, giving him a shout out on the video today. He's a Patreon supporter and he's been a long time subscriber on my Twitch. He's uh he's he's been over a year now of consistent patronage and support. He's been a very big part of the reason that the Simcast has been able to be produced. On the back end, he's helped provide a lot of uh, funding for you know a lot of the back end uh, stuff and things that have to be set in place to produce it and all that. Uh, so big shout out to him. Um, I appreciate everything, man. And uh, again, shout out to Community Virtue. Uh, it's a community in the guild that we have. It's a multi-gaming community. Mainly, we're we're creating a guild and community that people can be in for the long haul. You know, in Ashes and beyond. We are going to be an Ashes primary guild. Um, and uh, again, all of my links uh, for Twitch and YouTube and where you're on YouTube here. But um, if you're not, uh, you'll all my stuff and things for Twitter and stuff down below. And I do encourage you to link up and hang out with your local, not local, but your uh, Ashes of Creation official content creators like Casino and I, where there are a lot of perks to being on the channels that we have. And, uh, you know, that a lot of that stretches the end game. So, you know, once Alpha One starts up, you're going to be seeing him and I and, and a handful of others who are official content creators all over the place. Um, that's your prime time for getting hooked up for some really cool exclusive perks and ashes of creation so definitely check us out um and on that note casino and night scream thank you so much for being here today and i appreciate your time it's been a fantastic conversation till next time i'll catch you all on stream have a great week everyone peace peace bye <laughs>